All right, this is your host of the show, A Pagan Perspective and Pagan Perspectives here on PodPage. And this podcast is going to be available on PodPage on every kind of podcatcher from Spotify, you name it, the show's on it. And I want to thank everybody that's been downloading and listening to the show. I encourage you guys to uh, pass it along to people, you know, share it with your friends. Uh, when you're driving to work, let people give a listen. Anyway, I am so glad to be back for this episode. We've got a big one here. The big one, I think. The one thing that a lot of people as witches and pagans always have the question, what about spells? So today's episode is Spellcraft. We're going to go over the who, where, why, what, and how. Why we do spells. The ethics of spells. The history of spells. Types of spells. Everything that you can think of preparing for spells. The whole nine yards. So, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. Also, we're just going to give you guys at the beginning of the podcast here a little bit of an update about what's been going on. I've been having a lot of loss in the last couple of months. I lost my favorite aunt and one of my best uh, best loved cousins. Both passed away, so it's like it's just getting hard to deal with a lot of stuff. But we've been doing a lot. Uh, Raven Temple of Siax Wicca. Uh, we've recently had the pleasure of having uh, author uh, Alaric Albertson, the uh, writer of Saxon Sorcery and Magic. Uh, he's got a new book that just came out. Uh, through, uh, Journeys Through Middle-Earth, The Path of a Saxon Pagan, which that is being brought out to you today. The reprint and new version is being brought to you by Cross Crow Books, www.crosscrowbooks.com. And they, they are putting out a lot of stuff. And hopefully within the next year, we're going to have some more uh, interviews with some authors uh, that are getting ready to team up with Cross Crow so keep an eye out for that. And uh, this weekend, coming up on the 24th, Saturday the 24th, we are holding our yearly Midsummer Pagan Picnic. We're not going to do a big ritual this time because it's going to be 95 degrees out there. And I just, yeah, I just want to just fellowship, drum, chant to the gods, and just do our thing for the day, you know. Still enjoying the fact that it's midsummer, and I hope that you guys are having a great midsummer. A lot of people are getting rain, a lot of people are getting flooded, and all this stuff. So, yeah, that's been pretty nice. And, you know, this weather's been crazy. Recently, for the first time in 15 years, guys, I have working air conditioning. So, I am in comfort. I have a beverage with me, I have some sweet tea, I have mint chocolate chip cookies and i smoked a big old bong load so yeah if you guys got a beverage go get yourself something to drink take you a few tokes and and come back and join us because this is going to be a big show um you know and this is gonna we're gonna set this the record straight about some things uh you know and then kind of go over what it is for pagans and witches and the idea of spells and spell crafting Okay, so we have to really look at it from the 
the idea of where where the idea of spells come from. Uh, you know, spells for us are just the same as Christian prayers. We just do things differently. So it's like, but for us, spells have been with us for time immemorial. From when the cavemen were doing sympathetic magic around the fire, they were casting spells to bring good hunting to them. We had it in the medieval times. We had it as we learned about the gods and goddesses and things. And we were given charms and spells and things like that to change the world around us to bring the outcomes that we need. And so it's like spell work and spell crafting are not new to pagans and witches. It's our lifeblood. It's one of the things that's really important because it's how we change our destiny and the destiny of, of the world, you know. And... Um, Basically, we're going to talk about what spells are and what spells are, are not. Um, a lot of it is like here over the last 20 years or so, we've had, or even longer than that actually, probably the last 30, we've had so much misinformation about paganism, Wicca, witchcraft, ceremonial magic and things like that. And it always paints the idea of casting spells in a bad light. Um, and we're going to talk about the ethics of spells here in a little bit. But, you know, it's whenever you sensationalize something to that degree that I think it makes it hard for, you know, people to really understand what it is when they are figuring out if they want to cast a spell and how to cast a spell and all that. And I think we're going to start at the beginning with that is the idea that, you know, you come up on that idea is the fact that whenever you very first come into contact with something that is either pagan or witchcraft or whatever you come into contact that sets you in a spiritual mind, you realize that spells are have a purpose. It's not just something fun to do on a Saturday night. Spells work with energy. Spells deal with energies that can affect ourselves in the world around us so when you have something so powerful as the ability to do that to affect change around you um then you know it's something that people need to learn the basis behind what it is uh how to do it effectively and not to be frivolous with it because you know the one thing is like i mean i could if i really wanted to do the the money spell where it is you know everybody's fa favorite thing as a witch they say whenever i become a witch i'm gonna cast a spell to win the lottery sometimes i wouldn't want to win the lottery i wouldn't want to win the giant one because do you realize the headaches that are going to come with having that much money i just like to have a couple million to live out the rest of my life that way i'm not up there with those super 80 90 200 million dollar winners i'm down here where i can handle it find a place do what i want to do live out the rest of my life and you know not have to worry about things because the another thing is i think the environment affects our our decisions on what we need and how we decide to cast spells because you got to admit the world's been getting pretty crazy here the last 20 years with covid and all the political unrest and all these other things 
it's like, you know, it's up to us to kind of, you know, um, be mindful that as witches, we need to exercise that power, not just sit on it and keep it in our back pocket, you know, so we can use it at any time. Um, magical energy within us grows the more you use it. Magic is like a muscle. It doesn't grow unless you use it. And, uh, you know, the one thing is like also kind of the ethical thing right off the bat is do pagans and witches have to cast spells? No, you do not have to. You know, that is if you just want to be a religious, spiritual pagan and not do anything in that realm where you are practicing the magic and, and, you know, doing the spell work and things like that, your shadow work and other things. That's perfectly fine. The gods are not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. I just, you know, I'm putting this out to people so that they know that, you know, as pagans and, and, you know, everything else, that we have things that are at our disposal that can help us, uh, you know, um, make lives better because, you know, and it's like, that's another thing is like the idea of, you know, the threefold law, karma, and other things. I think you don't, if you don't want to go into the, you know, everything coming back at you uh, uh, three times over, then it's like you just have to realize the idea of cause and effect. If what you put out to the universe is going to come back to you magnified, but, you know, it just depends on what you're doing. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about the kinds of, of, of spells, too, because... You know, just like right off the bat, you have, uh, you have what I think are, you know, the two main uh, types, and then everything else has a subtype underneath it, but the two main types you have are baleful and, um, and, and just uh, spells that are, that they have a purpose. So, like a regular spell, if you're casting a spell for a friend to do good on their test or whatever, that's a good spell. Baneful spells are like curses and, uh, you know, banishings and all these other things. Although banishings in themselves are not necessarily bad if you're using it to banish a bad habit or something out of your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just saying that, you know, not every spell that a person would want to do is necessarily going to have, you know, a, a, uh, a desired outcome. Let's put it that way. It's not like, you know, it's not like you can't with your spell work. And this is another thing outside of the idea of looking at it and the idea of harm none. You have the ability to, uh, you know, protect yourself and protect your family. So it's like, uh, the, the old adage that a witch cannot curse, cannot heal. Well, you know, it's like I'm one of those people as a CX Wiccan who I'm one of those people that I can't say that I would never curse something or someone, but there would have to be a reason for it. It's not like I'm just, you know, tossing around curses like Happy Meals, you know. that For something like that, there has to be something that I think that the universe needs to deal with, and that's what our, our way of putting that in motion but I'm in no way, you know, saying that, you know, we have, when we have to be, you know, fluffy bunnies, which I don't mind fluffy bunnies because they feed the lions. But I look at it this way. It's like spell work has a purpose. 
And that's one of the things It's like, we're kind of going to take it. We're going to give you kind of the breakdown of, of, you know, some things about spellcasting and the idea of um, where you can start to figure out how, when, where, why, and what you can do to prepare because it's, you know, spells, there are people that have the ability to cast spells on just right on the whack, you know, just right then and there. But, you know, there are things that, you know, you have to take into consideration when planning to, for the spells to be effective. Because just because you can pop out a spell right on the fly, you know, with little effort and whatever, because everybody at some point, you know, with their abilities energy-wise should be able to. You shouldn't need any kind of props. But we'll talk about that later as well. But um, it's like, you know, uh, spell work has its, you know, it's, it's lots, there's, for spell work, there are lots of little laws that if you follow those little laws, everything that comes together whenever you do get ready to do your spell and, and you know, uh, put it to work, because you got to think, when you're doing this, this is a whole process. The minute you start thinking about what, the minute you think of the spell itself, that you want to do the spell, you're already setting the energies in motion. And you start to set everything in, in, in movement once you think about it. But once you've thought about it, there is a whole world of stuff that kind of ties into that. And we're going to take a minute and give you guys a little bit of a uh, uh, commercial for one of my favorite shows online, the Celtic Myth Pod Show. And whenever we come back, we're going to talk about um, for for people that are wanting to learn how to get prepared, how to uh, bring the idea for your spell together. And then as we go through the rest of the, the podcast here, we're going to talk about how to complete the spell and to monitor the spell for its efficiency and other things that we should do as spellcasters and people that work with those, those arcane energies, the things that we can do that I think that we can, uh, you know, look at the success, kind of gauge it, keep an eye on what we think each time. Because if you do it right, spells can be stronger. You can be stronger. So we're going to talk about that too. But first, I'm going to leave you guys for a minute and we're going to bring up the advert for Celtic Myth Pod Show. And then we'll be back. And I'm glad that you guys are here with me for this episode of Pagan Perspectives Dealing with Spellcraft. Do you have Celtic roots? Are your ancestors from Ireland or Scotland or Wales? From Cornwall, Brittany, the Isle of Man or Gaul? Do you love stories and tales? Ancient myths, legends and folklore of the Celtic peoples? Do you want to hear more about King Arthur, Gwydion, Taliesin, Cuchulain, wild magic and the realms of the other world? Do you want to hear about the old gods, druids and fairies in a way that they're not just dusty, dry words on a page? Then you need the Celtic Myth Podshow, available from CelticMythPodshow.com. In the days when the world was young, the days when the air was clean and the dew was fresh upon the grass. Listen well, for I have tidings for you. 
Warriors are coming from across the sea. Take this message back with you. Tell the Fearbold they must give my people either battle or live in peace in half of Erin. On my word, I should prefer to give you half of Erin than to face your weapons. The Celtic myth Pochil bring you the bravery of heroes and heroines, the magnificent pantheon of gods and goddesses, and the magic and wonder of druids, fairies, and folklore. Our ancestors would listen to these stories as told to them by their bards. They wouldn't read them in books. This podcast brings the magic of sound back into our legends. A new episode comes out twice a month and builds into a complete collection of tales from Celtic mythology. So just sit down, get comfortable, and join us every other week. Listen to news, chat, and a story from Celtic mythology with the Celtic Myth Podshow from CelticMythPodshow.com. That's CelticMythPodshow.com. All right. Welcome back. We are continuing on with the show. I had a little bit of a uh, technical difficulty there, but yeah, we're back. I'm enjoying a beverage. I'm drinking some sweet tea. Hold on. I am nicely stoned. I have cookies. So I am very happy. And it's a beautiful summer day. It is 87 degrees out there, but it's not in here. Yay, thank the goddess. Okay, so this episode we are concentrating on the idea of spellcraft. So, first we have to look at ourselves. We look at the way that the world is going on around us. And, you know, what is our getting to be our life's desires, the things that we are wanting to see happen for ourselves, our loved ones, our family, friends, the universe, the world, all of that. We kind of take in to all of those things. And as pagans and witches, we get these longings for things that, you know, we wish... We wish that there was some way that we could help to, um, you know, affect a good out- outcome for things. So that's where the beginning of it is. is you know, you, to begin a spell, you kind of have to look at yourself and you have to see what's going on in the world right now. And you use that knowledge to figure out what it is that you need from the universe right now. Do you need, uh, uh, you know, companionship? Do you need peace of mind? Do you need spiritual enlightenment? Do you need a hug from the gods? Whatever it is, we as human beings have the right to have desires and to do the things that we need to to achieve them. And one of those things is spell work. And so you've got the idea of of you know what it is that you're wanting to do and we will use the idea of a money spell but like i said at the beginning of the podcast we're not going to talk about the money spell where you are trying to win you know 75 200 million dollars from the lottery i'm just not i mean if i had that money i would probably give most of it away to family and friends and and you know charities that i know that are going to help people but for myself to be able to live until I pass, all I need is like two or three million and I'll be great. All I need is a small place with some land where I can set up a temple and do what I need to do. So it's like, you know, that is a goal that I would have uh, for a spell. But you kind of look at what you want to do and 
so we're not going to do that. We're going to make this spell of something like for people that are working in factories or or anybody that, that wants to increase their paycheck. This is like a paycheck spell. And we're going to kind of look at some of the things. And we're going to, over time, we're going to talk about this spell and kind of expand it. So you've got the idea that uh, you are needing more money to take care of your bills and things like that. And so you think, well, okay, maybe I can do uh, some uh, some money work, do a money spell to help increase my uh, paycheck, give me more hours, do whatever it is that uh, you know needs to happen to get you know the the money that you need to do your bills a little bit better. So you've got the idea, and you say, okay, so that's what I want to do. So you have set the minute you get that idea into your head, you're setting that into motion. It's a visualization that is imprinted in your mind. And that is what starts the process of, you know, what are we going to do to achieve it? So, bam, spell work. First thing that's in our head. So now we've, we've, we've got the idea of what we want to do. Now we go to look at the uh, factors of execution of the spell um, and that's where it gets into uh, everything you know the, the the main gist of stuff like okay first off spell work is you got to have the right kind of frame of mind for this because a lot of people think it's just like spell work is what you see uh, on the old Saturday morning cartoon with the witches around the cauldron and you know, all that stuff, and it was just, you know, people get disrespectful in that way. It's like, you know, it, you know, people can do comical work with their spells, but, you know, we're not doing this, you know, to like, you know, say, hey, we can do this. Because it was like the girl who sat on Ricky Lake after watching The Craft, and she goes, I watched The Craft. I can make it rain in the parking lot. This girl set the entire hour and a half of a Ricky Lake show out in the parking lot with a remote camera and this girl kept doing her thing and it did not rain one bit on the Ricky Lake show. One thing is I don't like the idea of parading witchcraft around the Cowan because Cowan is, for those that don't know, Cowan are the non-believers or those that are not practitioners of witchcraft or any other uh, pagan umbre uh, umbrella uh, spiritualities and stuff it's like I don't like the idea of being able to you know throw that in their face because then they go well, ha 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 you know your spells don't work so maybe that means my bible works and it's better than you and then you have to deal with that whole rigmarole right there so it's like I don't I think okay one of the also the other thing is there is a famous magical maxim, and it works. Actually, two of them, by the way. Loose lips sink spells. That means don't tell everybody about your spell. Matter of fact, it would probably be better to tell nobody about your spell when you're doing it. Because in that way, the energy is between you and the universe. Too much of other people's, you know, ego and stuff, and they, you know, they could snicker at you or kind of be rude about the reason of why you are doing the spells and, and the things that you're doing. It's none of their business. It's between you and the universe and what you want to do and what you need help for. 
So personally, I would not tell people. And, and the next maxim is to know, to will, to dare, to keep silent. To know is that you know that you have a need and you take care of it. To will is actually the will to get up off your butt and do it. To know, to will, to dare, to dare think that we can work with these energies and, you know, manipulate them in such a way that we can affect change, that we can do these different things. And the last, number four, is to keep silent. Like I said, loose lips sink spells. You don't need to vocalize to everybody what it is because I think by going, you know, telling too many people, you're going to have those people that are doubters and so forth. And so basically what you want to do is, you know, you want to be in as, as clean and as fresh of an environment as you can to not have to deal with all of that psychic backlash because that's one of the things there that's one of the things that can sink spells two things that sink spells psychic backlash for one thing and another is when you're casting a spell that you don't dare to think that it would work so in other words you're immediately undercutting what you're trying to do with your spell you know whenever you go to do it but you get up there and you're half-hearted and you just like go through the motions and stuff like that you're not putting your energy into it so if you're not putting your energy into it why is the universe going to put its energy into it and eventually you're going to have done that particular spell working for uh no reason so it's like you know one of the things is uh you know there are many different techniques for spellcraft there are is working with poppets there is crystal spells there are candle spells there are breath spells uh the abracadabra writing uh is a a spell you have the tornado spell that's the abracadabra uh spell there are protective spells for all this. so there's things that i mean uh there are all kinds of things so you can also figure out what type of spell it is you can do a protection spell you can do all these different things so you need to kind of uh before you get into anything is you are going to want to you know figure out what it is now as the example with the uh, money spell some things need to be taken into consideration to up the ante in that it is going to be a success first one of the things is if you are going to use props and stuff and things that you're going to need for the spell work itself then you need to assemble those uh uh as needed uh, your herbs candles uh any uh statuary of gods and goddesses and things that you want on the altar for your spell work you need a space to do your spell whether it's out in the woods or in your backyard or wherever you have to have a location and stuff like that and then things before we go any further another thing is i do not recommend people do spell work when they're sick i mean we have a hard enough time healing ourselves, you know with just medicine that we can't i don't think it's cool that we try to do spell work uh even like a healing work for somebody when we're not feeling good make sure that you keep as healthy as you can which i'm working on i'm trying to lose weight but, you know, you've got to keep yourself healthy because you are a conduit of that energy. And if your conduit is all messed up, 
you're not going to receive and direct energy in a spell working as effectively as you could. So, never work magic when you're sick. Um, also, make sure that on the days that you do do magic and you do uh, work spells, do not eat heavy meals. Eat as little as possible. Uh, maybe some honey with toast and uh, water during the day. Lots of water. Why? Because we are conducers of energy. So when you're doing spell work, you want to let that energy flow as you're doing what you're doing. So you want to have as much, get yourself as much hydrated as you can. No beer um, uh, and stuff like that. But here's the degree for that. Also, you have the witch's eight paths to power. One of the things is, this is now this is an uh, instance for something a little bit more advanced. One of the nine paths to power is the idea of raising of the kundalini uh, as you are preparing to work your spells. And the, the raising of the kundalini comes from smoking herb, drinking a glass of wine, not getting smashed, just a glass of wine, smoke a half a joint, and, you know, go in because uh, anything that raises the kundalini, which is the energy serpent that's in all of our bodies, um, it adds to it as too. But it's the, I'm not advocating that people get smashed. But if you are able to handle your liquor and other herbages, then do that because that helps to, um, to uh, increase the viability of your of, of what your uh, spell is going to be. Um, also, the elements of this part you're going to have. If you're going to have an altar with incense, you're going to have the air. You're going to have uh, a water cup, maybe. All these things you can you can incorporate many different of the elements. All five of the elements you can include spirit in your spell working. Also, um, the idea of uh, uh, working with chanting, chanting over and over, uh, like chanting the idea of increased paycheck, increased paycheck. And just to give you an idea to set up, we'll make this spell simple and easy. Get yourself a green candle. It can be a taper. It can be a pillar. It can be any kind of get soy, uh, uh, uh non soy candles. If you can get beeswax cause they're better. Um, but get whatever you can afford, you know, do what you got to do. But uh, a green candle, some uh, mint essential oil, uh, a 5 or $10 bill, a plate, and uh, the altar to set this stuff up on. And so we, we, we've given you the, some of the accoutrements that you need to work the spell itself. Also, next you need to start looking at the universal things that are going to help enhance it. So, here's the, here's the thing. Working magic by the signs of the moon. When you're working towards the full moon, you're going to get gainful increases. Your, your spiritual energy is going to uh, go up. You're working towards an expected goal. If you're wanting to do a banishing or if you're needing to get rid of something in your life then you work away from the full moon so you go away from the full moon and down towards the new moon the closest to the moon, new moon 
as you possible because when you do spell work at the new moon and that you need to banish something, you're wiping the slate clean. You're getting it completely out of your everything, your aura, your whole existence. And it's like, so you have those times. And then you have also, you have your personal astrological sign uh, doing certain spells in certain astrological signs, whether it's cancer or whatever. Um, each one of the signs has its own uh, enhancements for various kinds of, of spell work. Like in the summertime months, you're going to have spells that are going to be increasing energy and things like that. Uh, when you do spells in the uh, fall time, you're harvesting. You're bringing in everything from the year for the past few years that needs to come into your existence. So you're working spells to bring that in. And then you have the wintertime. Wintertime, people are not very busy with their life except for just a few things. So as, as things slow down in the wintertime, that's when you reflect and you take time to learn more, to experience more, um, and stuff like that. So there are all kinds of spells. So you also need to be mindful of the, uh, you know, the astrological sign that you're doing things in. The days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, you look at the times, the, the astrological hour. It may be good to do a spell at 9 p.m. on a Thursday evening in July. So you figure out the night that you want to do it, a Thursday evening in July, and stuff like that. So you're putting all of these things, every little thing that I'm talking about, from the candles to the incense to the altar to taking care of yourself to doing it, uh, you know, uh, going... Uh, towards the, the full moon and away from the full moon to gain and then to uh, uh, banish things out of your life. All of those, we have been doing this for centuries. Um, a lot of people have tried to put it under wraps, but yeah, um, spell work is, uh, uh, you know, just something I think that everybody, and kids need to be taught young. We, this is something, parents, you can teach your kids spell work. They can be learning from a young age and not even, and you know, not you not have to worry about it. You can show them. You can show them uh, a way of looking at life that is magical. Why do we have all of the, uh, the, the juju for, you know, being magical and happy? We should pass this on to our kids. They're the smiling little beacons of the planet. So it's like this is something that we can share. Spell work should be done by everybody, from the youngest kid to the oldest crone and sage. So we're going to take a minute. I am going to give you guys some more music, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about spellcraft around the world, the different places that have different spells and things like that. We're going to talk about some of the authors that have some really good spell books and some other things and just, you know, kind of take you in. Uh, you know, a little bit more on a journey about why we do spells and things like that. But first, we're going to give you a song. I think I'm going to give you something by Labana. Then after we get done with that, I'll come back and we'll talk some more about our topic of the day, Spellcraft, here on A Pagan Perspective and Pagan Perspectives on podpage.com. All right, guys, I'll see you in a minute.
All right, we are back. I'm hoping that we have fixed up some technical difficulties. That was Labana and Rise Up O Flame here on the show. Um, before we get into the, the the spell work around the world and and all that kind of stuff, um, another thing is you kind of have to uh, look at how you're going to do the spell. Spells have a time limit. You should never expect that you're. You should never have a. To me, you should never have a spell that goes longer than one month. And what that is is like you can get as an example for the money spell. I would say that you would get. Uh, a seven knob green candle and you would put that on your altar with uh, your oil and the money and put it underneath the plate and then uh, what I would do also is at one point to kind of visualize and to work your magic take a piece of parchment and with green ink write what you want your paycheck to look like and then as you do that you can chant so you're adding more things to this and then as you're doing that, you take that piece of paper and burn it with that uh, uh, candle and then take the, the ashes and put that into an offering bowl, which can be taken out later. And what I would do is I would repeat this every night until that candle's burned down. So what you do is you let one knob burn at a time, which should take about a half an hour usually or half an hour. To, I think a seven knob candle is seven hours, I believe. I could be wrong. But so that gives you that time, and you're, what you're doing is you're 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 concentrating more energy into it. You're not just saying, "Okay, I'm going to do this now, and then just be done with it." Uh, you're actually taking the time. There were ancient rituals in places like Babylon, and just all these different places where uh, spell work did not take a few minutes. Spell work took you know days. They were very taxing. They were physically and spiritually and mentally draining. Um, and there are certain things like within the modern times that has that same thing. Is the witches in Britain who did the spell and raised the cone of power to hold back uh, uh, Hitler from invading England. So, you know, there was, you know, there is a lot of reasons to do spell work. And I think that understanding that we have to follow it through. enjoying some good sweet tea there but that's the thing is that you know you have to take the time to look at what is going on um over that time and what i would suggest is for everybody old or new that i would take and you want to kind of a kind of journal what it is that's going on with uh your spell so in other words i would take a little notebook and I would write down the idea when the spell came around, any uh, astrological features and things like that, you know, that are going on, uh, whether certain planets are in motion, uh, if the moon's void, of course, uh, all these other things. And you use that and you write it down and you kind of journal about the success or the, the frustrations of working with your spells. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. So don't be afraid to critique your own work because then that's how you get better. You learn to create more effective spells for your friends and family and the people that need you as a pagan and as a witch. 
And over time, like here on my bookshelf, which we'll talk about some stuff here in a minute, uh, I have, I have books where I have um, chronicled what my you know spell work was, and these different things set up for the altars and stuff like that. And it's good to be able to have that kind of information um, available and handy to you. Um, uh, another thing is you can, uh, the idea that some people go, well, can spells be religious? Yes. In every spell that I cast, I invoke the god and goddess at some point. Whether it's in my druidic side. And yes, there are ritual spells for uh, song spells for druids, uh, for heathens, as a true, everybody, every religious thing, um, ceremonial magic. There are protection spells that are, and protection workings that are part of ceremonial magic. So it's not just something that only pagans do. Um, you know, there are other people out there that do do, um, you know, spell work for themselves and their family. And uh, I think one of the things that uh, you need to keep an eye out for is, you know, knowing when to actually do it. Because some people, you know, they get so scared, they're afraid. If you screw up a spell, oh, I'm, not, I'm afraid to light candles in my spell because of this. Don't worry about it. If you think something's going to be that messed up, then change it. Don't use candles. Use something else. But I don't think the gods uh, in the universe are going to get upset if you accidentally, you know, couldn't get the candle lit on the first try or your incense went out or something crazy like that. The gods don't bop us on the head for failure. It's like it just the universe knows that we're trying, that we're putting our plea out. Whenever we say universe, we need something. We believe it. Witches believe it. If we didn't believe it, we wouldn't cast the spells. We wouldn't stand in the, in the fields at midnight. We wouldn't do what we do. If we didn't believe in the magic, then we wouldn't do the magic. And that's why you really have to have the ability within yourself to say, yes, I do believe that magic is possible. As an example, I'll give you an example of something that happened years ago uh, with me and the coven that I was initiated with here in my area. Greenleaf Coven, by the way. Um, there, my best friend's wife worked at a Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant. And there was a young girl that was going through some pretty heavy uh, physical health issues. And they were doing a fundraiser to pay for her, you know, medical care and and doctor's fees and all these things. You know, just what generally nice people would do. And we said, well, screw that, man. We're not only going to do that, but we're going to do something for this little girl a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, sufficient. So we got the entire coven together on a hot summer day. I'm telling you, it was, it was not the day to be wearing robes and ritual gear, but we did it. We got together, and we were in the high priestess's backyard, and we, my best friend was um, kind of used as a focal point in the center of the circle for the spell work and the energy that we were sending. And I'm telling you, whenever we 
you know, because we worked the cone of power. We danced, we clapped, we chanted, we did all these things, and we saw this little girl, all of her bills taken care of, that her doctors would, you know, be able to find ways to help her live a better life, and so on and so forth. Every positive affirmation that we could come up with to, to, you know, to improve this little girl's situation. And as we raised this energy and we sent this energy out into the universe, it just hit us so hard. It was just like Thor's hammer. It just cracked. And when that happened, we sent the energy towards my best friend who was in the center. And we hit him so hard with it that it, it buckled his knees and he went to the ground, fell into the grass and everything. And he was just floored by the energy for at least, you know, 30 seconds before he got back up and we were still, you know, finishing up the ritual. But, you know, outside of that happening, that's not the good thing. It was a few months later, uh, we had another ritual event come together for the coven. And uh, the my best friend's wife came in and said that there was good news that that little girl was doing better and that things were being taken care of. Now, everything wasn't exactly super rosy, but the little girl was okay, and things were going on. And, you know, it's like I firmly believe that, you know, as pagans, that we have the ability to affect that. It's not just the fact. And see, that's another thing. Everybody thinks that we're doing magic, that we're working spells to circumvent everything that man's done. So, in other words, we think that magic will cure ourselves before we go to the doctor. No, it works hand in hand. I look at it this way. Doctors are magicians that don't know it. So they take care of our health in their, in their way, and we take care of our health, health in our way, but they work hand in hand. Uh, I will do a full moon sp spell and still take a medicine that a doctor prescribes me because I know that working those two together, taking the medicine that I need to help my body heal, and then using the energy that myself and others can generate to go before the gods in the universe and say, hey, you know, we would like our friend to have better health, better state of mind, and things like that than, you know, what they have right now. And so that's the thing of, you know, uh, people as individuals, as solitary persons, you at home that are listening to this podcast, yes, you can cast spells by yourself or with family members. But on the other side of that, the more energy that you bring together, like we did with that little girl and helping her heal, was it took the whole coven, and there was a big group of us. So if you have a people, you know, four, five, six friends that are open to the idea of doing a working for whatever it is that you need, talk to them and see if they might, you know, want to help participate in whatever it is that you design to, uh, you know, help your situation. Also, there are many authors out there that have works that help you prepare for spells, that there are spell books out there, everything from Llewellyn. I love Dr. Buckland. I like any of the books by, uh, 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 oh God. Well, Dr. Buckland, the main ones that you want to get from him is Advanced Candle Magic. I mean, there are tons and tons and tons and tons of spells in there with a Christian version and a, um, a, 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 you know, a witchy version. Matter of fact, just to let y'all know, we have a sister 
situation going on. A Pagan Perspective is online on YouTube. Yes, folks, we have a YouTube channel. And what we're going to do is we're going to take this podcast here in just a little bit, and we're going to wrap it all up nice in a bow and make it pretty, and we're going to put it over on YouTube. But we have a YouTube channel over there that we talk about spell work. We talk about the elements. We talk about pagan things. And, um, you know, it's like you have, you know, we have, if you want to learn about spells, don't be afraid to go and check out some of the more prominent pagans. One thing I will say, though, is whenever you're hearing something, somebody tell you a way to do stuff and things like that, always use your good judgment. Always be, uh, you know, able to do the bullshit sniffer. And if something doesn't sound right or doesn't work right in your mind, don't do it. Any of the things that I'm telling you, just the idea of take care of yourself, take care of your physical body, be, you know, needing and knowing what you want whenever you decide that you want to do your spell work. And then after that, bringing it together, all of the instrumentation and and things that you'll need for it. And my thing is, uh, before we continue too far, I'm going to get into the ethics of spells because we're going to talk about the biggie. I do not cast love spells for myself or anybody else, and I'm going to tell you why. I think that love, when you really find that person that is meant to be your partner, love is, it's sent, when it really is what it is, it's sent by the universe. And no matter how much we whine and moan and complain in this life, you know, those those loves and those situations that are the best, are the best, not just because of the fact that, you know, we made them happen, but because of the fact that the universe said, this is, you know, this is where you need to be. This is the energy that you need to be around at this certain time. And I don't want to go against, A, I don't want to go against somebody's free will. That's just a given. But also the idea that the gifts that the universe give us, one of the greatest is love. And it harm none, do what they will. Love is the law, love under will. You know, and it harm none, do what you will. Uh, That's another thing, you know, like I said before, be mindful of the consequences of what you want because what you send out will come back. But... It's like, you know, so love spells are something flirting with disaster for me because what if I, what if I do a love for spell for you and the person that you're wanting to get, and I don't, another thing I don't do is for certain, you know, to attract a certain person because you are for sure going against their full will, uh, free will. But it's like, you know, what if I do a spell for you and I attract somebody to me that you like. And then you have the jealousy thing, and then it gets me in trouble. So I believe that the best person to uh, fulfill their needs in a spell work thing is either them as an individual or them with their coven. The only exception to this that is that, that I will always do a spell for somebody is if they are sick or somebody in their immediate family is sick and they don't think they have the energy to do the kind of working that they would want to for themselves. So I am all about the healing energy. I've had people within our coven that have passed in the last couple of years. Pam Forbes, my high priests, um, 
William Byler passed just this past uh, before Samhain. Um, my aunt and my favorite cousin passed within a month of each other just like a few weeks ago, like a couple weeks ago, actually. So I've, I've had a lot of really crazy things happen this year. But, you know, I am learning that as a pagan and as a high priest and as a witch and as a man and all these other things that I have the ability to affect my own outcome, to do the things that I want to do. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, magic and spell work is out there. You just have to get on the journey, take care of yourself, do the spells, learn for yourself. And one thing is, another thing that can enhance the spells is look at your ethnic background. If you are from New Orleans, voodoo can help you, possibly. If you are from Africa, any of the African uh, 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 shamanistic traditions, you have all of these things that can enhance your spell work. So if you're German, if you're Irish, whatever, you each country and each region has their own way of doing things. And this may be something that even though we're here in the United States, it's something that can be beneficial. It can help us, you know, do what we need to do and get a good outcome out of life. And also, I think one important thing I think is, you know, everybody says that, you know, you're, that we should be selfish. I, I'm not. I don't think we should be selfish. But one thing I think that as pagans and witches, one of the things that spell work does do, it honors our ancestors because our ancestors worked the magic, did the spell work too. And I think whenever you take up the torch and take up the mantle and do it yourself, you're honoring your ancestors because you're not afraid. You're not going to sit on the sidelines. You're not going to let, you know, all of this, you know, bad stuff in life, you know, sideline you. And the universe sees that you are strong and that you have the ability to take care and take charge of your own destiny. Um, and that's true. We do. Pagans, that's what our thing is. We, we travel the realms. And, and also another thing, just a little side note, you can do spells in person. Or if you're one of those people that like to do dream work or astral, start looking into the idea of casting spells in an astral temple. Uh, there are books about that. There are articles. And uh, here pretty soon I may record a, uh, a, a dream meditation or a dream sequence where uh, we kind of try to get a firsthand thing of what I'm going through and kind of and give you guys an example of what it would sound like. But yeah, that's definitely something that we're going to do in the future is give you guys a little bit more of a showing through sound what we can do uh, ritually and how we honor the gods and each other and all that stuff. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you guys another song and then we're going to come back, talk about some things that are going on with the group, that are going on with me and all this other good stuff. And then we'll be about ready to end up this really cool and hopefully informative uh, to get your juices flowing on the idea of being a witch and actually practicing spell work, crafting your own way of doing things. And that's like I say, as there's many different ways to work spells, just be consistent, be ethical, 
and 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 you know take care to where you are kind of like journaling about what's going on because the more you do that the more your future work is going to be enhanced so i'm going to give you some more music and then we'll be back and we'll be almost ready to end up the show and yeah we'll give you some more music here in just a second here on a pagan perspective another Labana. And like it says, dark of the moon, full moonlight, what we envision will come by the next full moon's light. I love that. And that's what it is. You're planting a seed 
spells are seeds to the universe. Always remember that. And we're going to take this last little bit of the show to kind of give you guys an idea about some things that are coming up. Got a lot more stuff coming on the YouTube channel. I put up three videos in the last week, I think, two weeks, whatever. Recently, like I said, we were so lucky to have Arthur and Heathen uh, uh, Elder in our home. Alaric Albertson, I want to thank everybody that came that night. We had a great time of fellowship with him. He is doing so good. Author of Saxon Sorcery Magic and Magic and also Journey Through Middle Earth, The Path of a, of a Saxon Pagan, which is coming out, has come out right now on Crosscrow Books, www.crosscrowbooks.com. And he can also be found on uh, uh, Amazon. Also, I would, uh, you know, I've been, you know, practicing dealing a little bit more with uh, tarot and readings here lately. So I'm doing more of my priestly thing. So if anybody out there would like to uh, get a hold of me for spell design, ritual design, pagan counseling, uh, you know, schedule for uh, hand fastings. I do hand fastings. Just all these different things. But also, if you'd like to get a reading, a uh, tarot reading or a rune reading, you can contact me, Sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S-93, at hotmail.com. Also, come and subscribe to the channel, A Pagan Perspective, on YouTube. we got a bunch of new uh, videos coming out. I'm going to be doing a video on spell work via candle magic. We're going to be talking about Dr. Raymond Buckland's book, Advanced Candle Magic. It's been out for a while after his passing. It's one of his better books. So we're going to give you guys a video about that and how to actually construct every element that you need for a spell, show you what the spell looks like, go through it together, kind of give you a visual background of what spells look like. Then this coming week on uh, June 24th, we are getting together here in Springfield, Missouri at Phelps Grove Park for the Midsummer Raven Temple of Siax Wicca Pagan Picnic 2023. Uh, every year since 2016, we have put on a ritual potluck get-together uh, everything here in Springfield at Phelps Grove Park uh, since 2016. And the, it has been a success. We've had so many people that have showed up over the years and have stood in ritual circle and enjoyed drumming and hanging out. So that's going to be very cool. I'm very excited about that. Um, there's going to be more podcasts coming soon. And we are just past 900 downloads. Pass this off to, my, to your friends and stuff like that because I think it would be very cool if we could get up to 1,000 downloads, 1,500 or whatever. And this can be found on Spotify. It can be found on Google Play. All these, any place that you can get a podcast, you can get a Pagan Perspectives podcast with me, your host, Reverend Samantha Tree Walker of the Order of Standing Oak and of Raven Temple of CX Wicca. And uh, the temple has got so much coming up. We've got full moon coming up on July 1st. We're going to be doing a full moon ritual dealing with uh, 
Uh, the masculine side, we're going to be dealing with Woden, Thor, Ing, and stuff like that. We've got, uh, we're going to be doing a ritual that night honoring Hearn, Hearn the Hunter, from the Saxon side of things. And uh, I'm also in the, in the process of writing the draft for a book of, uh, a, a heathen book of prayer, kind of. Something that's kind of like a devotional, because I've seen Celtic devotionals and things like that. But as far as the heathen side of things, that deals with the more Germanic background people and stuff like that. <clears throat> outside of the stories Beowulf, the Eddas, and various things like that. I haven't seen anything that, you know, is more modernized that, that people have come out with. So, I'm in the idea of tossing some, some things around to write this small book. And, and have it for something that people can keep for rituals and for spell work. So keep an eye out for that. Also, I encourage you to check us out on Patreon. Patreon, we need to get some people in there that would love to help the show. By helping the show, what will you do? You'll help the show to where we can get better uh, computer equipment. Uh, help to upgrade the camera that we use for uh, some of our filming, some of our blog work. And stuff like that. Also, you need to check out the A Pagan Perspective blog on Blogger. And what I'm going to do is in the uh, show notes, I'll put links to everything, to the Patreon, to our Facebook group, Raven Temple of CX Wicca. We would love to have you guys come in and, and, and uh, be a part of what we're doing on Facebook. And also that, you know, we help to educate people on the CX Wicca tradition which was founded by Dr. Raymond Buckland in 1974. So we have a lot going on there. And I am preparing to go see my mother in October. I'll be gone mid-month so that I can get back in time to uh, lead our members and stuff in our uh, yearly um, working with the ancestors and enjoying each other's company. That is Samhain. So we've got the rest of the summer. We've got a lot coming up. There's going to be a lot more uh, dealing with the, uh, 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 you know, the witchcraft world. I'm going to be doing the next, the next video. I am a ceremonial magician and we're going to talk about Thelema and the golden dawn. Yep. You heard it right. Our next episode is going to be on Western ceremonial magic. We're going to be talking about Thelema, the golden dawn and everything that's underneath that umbrella from Kabbalah to Goetic ritual to uh you know just everything we're going to be talking about that we're going to be talking about the people israel regarde all the way over to alistair crowley so yeah i just wanted to invite you guys to help uh you know promote the goals of the show that's a pagan show for all the friends that are pagan friendly out there that are listening so come check us out on patreon and uh, become a backer at any, any tier because there's all kinds of things. There's going to be a, a Discord that I'm getting set up. Uh, we have private readings that I can do for you and things like that. So it's like definitely check that out. Come check us out on Facebook. Come check out the YouTube channel. And if you have any suggestions or ideas for a show that you would like me and topics you would like me to cover, then please feel free to... Uh, email me, savannas93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S, 93, at hotmail.com. Or 
you can friend me on Facebook, and the name is Tim Workman, and that's T-I-M, and that's W-O-R-K-M-A-N. You'll, the picture on that is you'll see what looks like a, uh, a dolmen in a forest, and then a picture of me standing behind an altar with my robes on. So you'll know that that's who it is because there's probably a billion Tim Workmans on Facebook. But anyway, I just want to say it's a beautiful summer day. I am stone superiority. Oh, definitely. Very good. Very good herb. So I'm glad that I was able to just cruise right through this and give you guys a little bit of information. I didn't want to weigh you down with all these things, but giving you an idea of where to start, how to go, how to keep an idea of, of you know, tracking how your spell does, what the outcomes are, and knowing that you can do it. You, your kids, your grandma, your sister, doesn't matter who, anybody can cast a spell and do what they want to do. So, until next time, I'm going to leave you with a nice little bit of beautiful music before we go. My name is Sylvanus Treewalker of the Order of Standing Oak and Jessus High Priest of Raven Temple of Seax Wicca here in Springfield, Missouri. So until the next show, which is going to be on Thelema and the Golden Dawn, I will see you next time and blessed be.